God is good. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we do have a message here to get into today. I'm excited to get into it. I hope you are as well. God is good to us. He's so good to us that he gives us the word and the word helps us. The word helps us, you know, uh, <clears throat> I might get into it a little bit later, but uh, I probably will. But, you know, the, the Bible tells us that the, the, the word is sharper than any two-edged sword. <clears throat> and it gives us the idea that it's able to pierce. And when it talks about piercing, it means that it's able to, to, to get utterly cut through. Yeah. Amen? So it can utterly cut through all the garbage in life. It can utterly, utterly cut through all the things that, that it's intended to. Praise the Lord. Of course, we receive it unto ourselves, but the Word of God is good. If we didn't have the Word, well, we wouldn't have church, amen? And so we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have a whole lot to go, and I'd still be a, 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 a heck of a mess, amen? Glory to God. I'm so thankful for the Word of God. It was the Word of God that changed my life. <clears throat> of course, it was delivered through a minister, and I'm so thankful for my pastor. I'm so thankful for the things that he imparted into me over the years, but truly it was the Word of God. It was him obeying, uh, being obedient to the Spirit and, 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 and preaching the Word of God that was a change and a help to my life. Amen? And you can't really equate it to any other thing. That's why it's so important to be where God would have you, because if you're where God will have you, uh, you know, it doesn't matter where God has you as long as you know where God has you. Amen? And once you know where God's ha God has you, I just wouldn't let go of that too quickly. Amen? You know, a lot of people, they, sometimes they don't even know how they got here. They don't even know why they're here. They don't even know why they showed up. But I'm telling you that there's a reason that you're here. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, if you think that you need to be somewhere else, that's fine. Be somewhere else. Just be faithful to wherever God has you. Because if you're faithful, what do I mean by that? I mean, just as much as you have today give into that thing. Amen? As much as you have to pour into that, whatever it is, wherever it is, be all in. Amen? Because when you're all into what God wants to do, He'll be all into you. Amen? He'll be all into your life. He'll help you. He'll guide you. You know, it's stability. It's through stability and being planted. There are, these, there are the things that bless us. Glory to God. God just wants to help us. Amen? And that's, that's why we have churches, because we just want to get people helped. And the more that I look around, the more that I see places that need a good local church, church. Glory to God. So I'm so thankful that God has placed one in our midst. I'm so thankful that he's placed many in our midst. I'm so thankful that we, uh, you know, a lot of times we can even have choices. Sometimes people even have choices. It's like, wow, to even have a choice. There's some people have no choice. They don't have any good church. Oh, we actually have friends that, that in the areas that they live, they live there all their life and they have no churches, no, no churches. I mean, they have churches, but just not churches that teach well. Just churches that don't really give the word, you know, and they, they, and they tell us all the time that like, come, come start a church in our area. We'll be, we'll be there with you. Amen. And it's like, you know, of course I've mentioned that before and sometimes it's tempting, but it's really important to be where God has called you to be. Amen. Glory to God. And what I mean be there is like when you connect to something, you know, it's not just, it's not just showing up because just not, just showing up doesn't matter either, but it's how we show up and, and, and getting all that God has for us. Praise the Lord. Well, today's message is called, What Will You Do? Amen. And this can come out of a, uh, uh, this comes out of a really a, it's a kind of a deep study that I've, I've been in. I've been in a, in a real uh, in-depth study of Hebrews. Now I've only gotten through the fourth chapter so far. I spent all week getting there. So if that can tell you how deep it is and I've spent uh, many hours in, uh, in studying it out. 
But I just really had this unction to kind of do so, and really the reason I did was because I, I, I was really stirred by Hebrews 4.12. Um, and we'll, we might get to that, or we might not, I don't know, but if we don't, you can go to it yourself and, and read what it's all about. But, uh, you know, the, the, the study of Hebrews, I really wanted to understand it, and I said, well, might as well start at the beginning and go from there, amen, and I got into some really good things. And, and so this is where that message was born out of. Uh, at first, I wasn't exactly sure where it was for, and then I realized it was for Mayville, and so we're excited for that, amen, because I do believe it's for us in this season. But I got a little string here that's, I keep catching my, okay, there we go. Praise the Lord. Uh, <clears throat> kept catching the corner of my eye, and I'm thinking, what is that? What is that? What is that? Amen? I not know if an angel was sitting on my shoulder, if it turns out it was just a string, amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. But we're, we're going to start back there in Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah 3. <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Jeremiah 3. Jeremiah is after uh, Isaiah, which is, praise the Lord. Jeremiah 3. I'm going to go to verse 15. And it just seemed good in my heart to start you here. Uh, uh, there is a reason for this. There is a connection to this scripture with what we're talking about. Amen. Um, because Hebrews, really, if you, don't know, if you don't know much about Hebrews, the book of Hebrews uh, uh, was not written to Christians. Well, kind of. It was really written to Jews who had become Christians. And that's really important to know. It was written to Jews who had become Christians. In other words, Jews who had received Christ. Now, it was not written to, to, to Christians that live in 2022. That's not who it was written to. But it is written for us, glory to God. And so I, before I scare you all out of the church saying that something in the scripture doesn't apply to you, we do, uh, we do uh, it, it does apply to us. There are, there are truths that we can take out of it. But what we need to understand is that it was written to a specific group and in understanding that and understanding why it was written to us, uh, to them would help us understand how it connects to us. I believe that with all my heart. That's why we, we love context around here and I try uh, as much as I know how, I try to always put scripture in context, amen? Now, of course, here when we pick up in Jeremiah 3.15, uh, you know, this scripture is really being, it's written to uh, Jews that had been away from God. They had been uh, kind of separated from God, alienated from God because of the lives that they were living separate from God. But then he was, this is what uh, God, this was a promise that came through Jeremiah. And of course, this is speaking of what would happen when we get to Hebrews, amen? And it still applies to us today. It's speaking of the same thing. But it says here that, uh, he goes, then I will give, and this is after you return, after they return to him, return to God, amen? So if you came here, in a sense, you can look at it like this, that you've returned to God. If you've come to church together, together, you've assembled together for the point of coming to the Lord, amen? You haven't come to listen to me. You've come to listen to me give to you what the Lord has given to me to give to you. Amen? And we, I'm putting it in context here because I want us to understand this, that this is a very, what we do is a very scriptural thing. Amen? It says, then I will, then I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you on knowledge and understanding. Amen? Praise the Lord. God will feed, give us shepherds after his own heart 
who will feed us with knowledge on knowledge and understanding. And so how are we fed? We are fed on knowledge and understanding. It's, with, uh, it, it's getting the, the knowledge and wisdom. It's the ability to understand, the ability to know what to do, the ability to, to follow after God, the ability to get into his graces, the ability to walk his plan out for your life. You know, there's so much emphasis on the, in the Bible about knowing. And I am a very big proponent of knowing. Glory to God. When I was raised in church, you know, I was raised by a, 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 I would go to a church with my grandparents, and in that church, you know, there was people that, that certainly loved people, loved the Lord. They weren't perfect people, but there wasn't a real strong teaching of the word there. Amen? And one of the things that I never was really able to, to combat when I was in the world was this idea that, that, that church people, they would, people would always present this as church people are just kind of dumb people. They just kind of fall in line. They're just kind of brainwashed or whatever. They, they don't think for themselves. And, and this could not actually, did you know that it is actually a sin to be a dumb Christian? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Being a dumb Christian is a choice that we make. We can choose to be dumb or ignorant, or we can choose to be intelligent as a Christian. Glory to God. God has called us to understand and called us to know, and it is literally a sin if we don't do that, if we don't care enough to do that, if we just always you know, have to go to somebody else for the answers. There's nothing wrong with getting answers somewhere, but God wants us all to be full of his knowledge, to be full of his understanding. He wants us all to know his word, to know because the word is what God uses to direct us. Amen? And this is why he said, look, he said, I will give you shepherds after my own heart. In other words, I will put my heart in these shepherds and they will have a desire to feed you the way that I want to feed you. They will have. They will desire to feed you what I have to feed you, and and I'm just going to tell you right now, you can't you can't know it unless you have been a, a pastor. But there is a thing, a heart that God puts in you that is absolutely amazing. You have a heart for people. You have a heart to reach people. You have a heart to help people. You have a heart to 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 bear with them and to push through and to and to get there. And when the people hurt, you hurt. It's a heart that is God given. Glory to God, and it is put on the inside of us. And so my heart as a pastor is to feed the people that God will, 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 will bless in my, in my uh, care, in my presence. Glory to God. I'm so thankful for the people that God has given me. I'm so thankful for the churches that he's given me. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I'm so thankful for the work that he's given me to do. It's such a wonderful thing. But this is important for us to understand because if we understand this, if we understand it was important to God, then we understand that this whole process means more than, than just showing up somewhere and hearing somebody give a dissertation on, on a certain thing out of the Bible. But it means that God wants to literally feed us. He wants us to get to a place. What is, what is the purpose of feeding something? Amen. If anyone had small, young boys especially, you know what the purpose of feeding is. The purpose of feeding is to make growth. Amen. And I, I don't know why I think about that with young boys, you know, because they just, they just seem to want to eat, especially when they get to the teenage years. Man, it's just like you can't keep them fed enough, you know, and it's just like there, there's just that thing. They just, they just want to eat and eat and eat. Why? Because they're growing. They're growing fast. Amen. Praise the Lord. But God wants us to grow, and it's uh, uh, the same thing. Amen. For, for us. Glory to God. Um, the blessing of the Lord is really when we come together. The blessing of the Lord uh, begins as we, as we congregate, as we hear the word. Glory to God. And the reason that I've, I've presented all this and it seemed good to do so is because what the blessing of the Lord is, is bringing us to the place where we hear our answers. 
Now see, that's really what church is, is we get understanding, we get the truths, we get the things we need to know. And don't you know, if it's a spirit-led church, God is giving us our answers every single service. He's giving us the answers that we need ahead of time. Now a lot of times people get into trial and, 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 they, and they go seeking the answers then. They're like, oh, I... I but the, the thing is, is that God's already given you the answers that you need. He's already given you the things that you need to stand on. This works into Hebrews, believe me, and we'll get there in a minute. Praise the Lord. But he's already doing it. You don't even need to labor for it. This is what's so great. See, the wonderful thing about church, and I, you know, there, there's, this, uh, there's this idea, I've been thinking about it a lot, about the, about the local church in America, and the church in America specifically, and how it looks, and how it, uh, you know, how it acts, and it's like, so we, we don't realize so often the blessings, the amazing blessings we have, because we're surrounded by them all the time. And, and sometimes we lose sight of that. But you know, the, the same thing happened with the Jews. And really what I started seeing is that America, the American church is a type and shadow of the Jews that had gone into the promised land. Yeah. And we're going to get more into that too, amen? But see, God has given us a local church, so we don't even need to labor. We, all we need to do is show up. We need to congregate. We need to decide to come together and then listen to the, world, the word. That's, this is why it's so imperative to know where you're called. Because if you know where you're called, then you can trust God. I said you can trust God. What did I say? You can trust God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I, I wasn't picking on her. I was just, you know, I was, I was using her to help me. Amen. Glory to God. Because here's a, here's a young woman who trusts God, a faithful young woman who trusts God. The Lord, praise the Lord. And, and, and I know she does. Glory to God. She's in where she's at because she trusts the Lord. And she's getting fed what she gets fed that's helping her because she, praise the Lord. I was just using it as an example. That's all. Glory to God. Amen. But you can trust God when you know where he has planted you. Amen. You can trust him to work the things out to get you the knowledge that you need. The answer is never too far away. Praise the Lord. Uh, if you know where God has placed you, of course, that's a good start. You don't need to labor for it. You just need to rest in it. Amen? And then this is what our kind of our entrance into Hebrews. This is how we're going to start. We're not going to start at the beginning of Hebrews, uh, as in chapter 1, but we are going to start in chapter 4, at the beginning of chapter 4. So go ahead and turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Now, it's interesting, you know, I was reading, as I was reading in Hebrews uh, 1, Hebrews 1's an interesting set of scriptures, but, uh, you know, as I was reading Hebrews 1, and this may be a blessing to some of you, it may not, to others, others will just be extra, but uh, um, in Hebrews 1, I, I read all the way through, it's only 14 verses long, and and uh, as I, f I was finishing Hebrews 1, I heard in my spirit, I believe the Lord spoke to me, what is the subject of Hebrews 1? And that really, that really helped me. It really blessed me. But the subject of Hebrews 1 is Jesus. There's a lot of things talked about in Hebrews 1. It talks about angels. It talks about other things. But, but, but Jesus is the subject of Hebrews 1. Amen? Glory to God. And as I said, that the, the Jews are the subject of Hebrews. Literally, the Hebrews are the Jews. That's, that's, that's how we understand uh, what that's all about. Amen? Glory to God. Well... Hallelujah. Verse, uh, Hebrews 1, or 4, verses 1 through 2, 1 and 2. It says, Therefore let us fear, if while a promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you may seem to have come short of it. For indeed we have had the good news preached to us, just as, uh, just as they also, but the word they heard did not profit them, 
because it was not united by faith in those who heard. Amen. So when, when, we, uh, when we're looking here at these scriptures, the subject of these scriptures, it says, uh, go back to verse 1, pray, please, glory to God. Therefore, let us fear. Who is he speaking to? He's not speaking to us. He's speaking to the Jews. He was speaking to a certain group of people who were going through a certain thing. That's important for us to understand. There are principles in this that we're going to take away, of course, but it's important for us to understand that, that, that the author of Hebrews was speaking to the Jews. Amen? In fact, it seems as though that the, the author of Hebrews was probably also a Jew who had been converted. The us here refers to first, not just Jews, but first century Jews when it says us. And the good news is the promised spiritual rest in the Messiah. So when it talks about the good news here, glory to God, therefore less fear while promise remains of entering his rest, that uh, uh, lest any one of you uh, may seem to have come short of it, for we indeed have had the good news preached to us just as they also. Now, where we come into play is the idea that we have also had this good news expanded to us. This good news has also been taught to us. But what is the good news? It's the promise of rest. It's the promise of spiritual rest. It's not the promise of things. It's not the promise of, 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 of always winning something or, or, or being victorious over everything. That's not what it's talking about. What it's talking about is the rest of God. The rest of God, spiritual rest in God, is when you are so full of and so sure of what God is going to do or what he has done that you can rest even not knowing what that is. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. It's assurance. It is the ultimate faith in God. Now, we know Hebrews, of course, Hebrews 11, chapter 11, we find what we call the great faith chapter, and it tells us about all these forefathers and four, four mothers of the faith, glory to God, all these people that came before us, and, and they came with, the, uh, you, you know, they overcame through, the, uh, through faith and stuff like that, amen. And so a lot of times when we think of Hebrews, we think of faith and we should think of faith. But really what, what faith is, of course, and I preached on this last night, uh, that's not my intent for today, but faith is assurance. Amen? If you look at the, uh, Hebrews 11.1, 1, it tells us faith is assurance. And that is an incredibly important place to start. As a Christian, we have to understand that faith is assurance. It's assurance in something. Now you can have faith in many things, but what we are called to have faith in is God. We're called to have faith in this God. We're not called to have faith in other gods. There is no such thing as, as there's many ways to God or many ways to heaven. There's one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. Glory to God. He paid the way because there is nobody else who could pay the way. You know, a lot of people think, and that's, that, that's the thing that a lot of people misunderstand uh, about us. This is why we're different. There, is, there was only one way through God, to God, and that was through Jesus. Nobody else could do it. If anyone else could do it, then there would have been many ways, and Jesus would have told us that. He wouldn't have had to pay so dearly on the cross. Amen? Praise the Lord. Um, now, I, I'm going to kind of go back and forth in my notes a little bit, but I want, you, I want to read some things that I, I learned while studying. The good news of the promised land to the early Jews. Now, this is what he's referring to. He says the, the, uh, the, the, we have the good news preached to us just as they also. So when it says just as they also, what it's referring to is the Jews that were taken into the promised land in the Old Testament, the book of Exodus. They were brought out of Egypt, out of bondage, into the promised land. Amen? The good news of the promised land to the early Jews 
and the good news of spiritual rest in Messiah to the first century Jews was so thoroughly done that the memory of these messages were indelibly pressed on the minds. What I'm saying, what, he, what he's saying here, what the author is saying, is that when this was being written to those Jews, they didn't, they didn't, they weren't like sitting like some of you right now going like, what the heck is he talking about? They were like, they knew what he was talking about. They knew fully what he was talking about because it was, it was given to them over and over and over. It was pushed into them. The truth was pushed into them and pushed into them and pushed into them. And they knew it was so indelibly ingrained in their memory that when they, this was said to them, they knew exactly what was being said. There was no excuse possible that the message had not been clearly and forcibly delivered in both instances. The word, and the word evangelized is used here. We, use, we talk about evangelists. Evangelists are ones who evangelize. And evangelizing is literally, it's, it's, it's sharing the good news. Yeah. Hallelujah. That's literally what it means. So an evangelist, a true evangelist, shares the good news. Yeah. Amen. Glory to God. Now, we all will do the work of an evangelist to a degree, but that doesn't make us all in the office of an evangelist. But that's a different topic for a different time. But the word evangelize could be translated, we have been thoroughly good-newsed. Amen? That wasn't mine. It was, it was cute, but it wasn't mine. I wish it was, but it wasn't. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. You know, and the reason that this was speaking so much to my heart is because as I'm reading and studying this, one of the things that I've been, I've just been like about America. I've been thinking about America, right? America, the church in America, the United States. And I'm thinking like, why, why are we not, why are we not seeing breakthrough more? Why are we not seeing it individually? Why are we not seeing these great outpourings? Why are we not seeing these things? And then when I read about these Jews who had been thoroughly good newsed, and then I think about America, I think, how different are we? You got a church on every corner that preaches the good news of Jesus Christ, that he died for our sins, that we should have faith. We have a church everywhere you go. You can't go to even a small town without four or five churches. Sometimes they're old dead churches, but they're still there. It's always a reminder that, there's, that the good news has been preached. It's been all over this land. It's been out there. And I'm thinking, man, am I, I mean, I have thought of, we have preached about overcoming and we have preached about overcoming and we have preached about overcoming. So why don't people overcome? Why, where are we missing it? Where is the thing? And then God led me to this place in scripture and it became utterly clear where we've missed it. Let's go back up to verse 1. Therefore, let us fear, while a promise remains of entering his rest. Any, uh, uh, if, while, while a promise remains of entering his rest, if any of you, any one of you, may seem to have come short of it. For indeed, we have the good news preached to us, just as, as they also, but the word they heard did not profit them because it was not united by faith in those who heard. You can get the direction. You know, I think about, of course, I think about, I don't know why I think of it, because probably I like baked goods, so I think about it like a lot, bacon, even though I don't bake. 
But one of the things I do remember, my mom, you know, of course, you, many of you know, or all of you know, that she, she's a, uh, she bakes, and she bakes well, glory to God, and she knows all the, the tricks and the things, you know, the different things. She tells us the different tricks, and even recently, my kids were making brownies, and they said, oh, what's that trick Nana told us again, or what's that, what temperature, uh, you know, was a temperature thing, and uh, and, and yeah, and he, well, we're not going to get into all the, we're not going to give all our secrets away, but uh, I, you, you know the, the tricks that she makes really uh, phenomenal brownies with, and, and so we, uh, we, we were talking about that, you know, and those are just things that you learn. But one of the things I remember learning from my mom is that things weren't mixed enough. You know, I'd I, I, I get to mixing stuff up, and I'd say, is this enough? And she'd say, no, it's not enough, you have to mix it more. And you got to mix it more. Why? Because you have to have all the clumps out of it. Because the difference between someone who makes something really good and something that's really bad sometimes can just be in the mixing. And the same thing is with us. You know, we we can hear the word all day long. We can have all the ingredients. My mom can give every one of us all the ingredients and the instructions for all those brownies that she makes. But has anyone taken taken a spoonful of dry brownie batter powder mix and stuck it in their mouth? It might taste kind of good, but you're going to choke on it. Amen. And the same thing is with oil. What about like how much is there oil in brownies? How much oil is in brownies? Third of a cup. Okay, a third of a cup. You know, a third of a cup is there's quite a bit of that. That's quite a bit of oil. Imagine taking a third of a cup of oil and just drinking it. It'd be kind of hard to do, right? It'd be kind of hard to swallow. And so you understand that the mixing is important. And that's exactly what the Bible is teaching us. And this is the the thing that us Christians in 2022 can take away, that just like them, there is a promise, but the promise isn't going to do us any good unless we mix something with it. And what we got to mix with it is our faith. We have to mix with it our what we understand about it. Now, I've been going back and forth with this idea of faith, and I hear people's voices in my head, not yours, but I hear voices. And when I say the voices I'm hearing, it's not like you're thinking or like you think I might have used to hear voices, because I used to hear voices in my head too, but I just, I hear conversations, you know what I mean? I, I hear about this person saying this and that person saying this, and I, I hear people saying... You know, but like, I, I don't even know if I have enough faith and I, I don't even know what faith is. And, and, you know, literally faith is just grabbing. We overthink the one thing that we're supposed to underthink. Yeah. Really, I mean, is what it, what, it, what it boils down to. We're overthinking something God's given us. It's so simple. He's made faith simple. If you're sitting here, there is a level of faith in you today. Now, maybe you're sitting there saying, well, I was dragged. Well, then there was a level of faith in someone else. Now, you know what it is. <laughs> Glory to God. They dragged you hoping you'd get something, amen? And that's what faith is. It's, it's just like you're there, so do something with it. You know, when you go to school and you've learned, and most of us have been to school at some point in our lives, and, and if you haven't, well, you probably don't understand anything I'm saying anyways. But if, but, but if you've been to school, you understand, that you understand the process of learning. You sat there and you heard something and you just, you just took it. You just took it. Why did you take it? Because you, you, you assume that the one speaking it was teaching you truth. And this is, again, why it's so important for you to know where you're called. Because when you know where you're called, then you can just take some things. Now, I'm not saying just take whatever I say and, 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 and that's gospel truth. You know, the Bible said the Bereans were more, more noble than most because they searched the scriptures daily to see if the things that the preacher was saying was true. And you can do that as well. You can look at the scriptures and say, oh, this is exactly what's being said. I can understand this. And you know, I, I, that's why we break things down. That's why I study it out. That's, that's why I get paid to do that. Glory to God. And we're thankful because you don't all have time to do that. 
But somebody can do that. And then when you learn to trust, you learn to trust the place where you're in, you understand that God will feed you. That doesn't mean uh, that, that every single thing I ever say is going to be perfect. Never would make that claim. But what, but what will happen in you is as you learn, as you, as you mix faith, as you learn to, to sit and hear the word and receive the word, it's not just enough to hear the word. We've got to receive it unto ourselves. You have to receive that knowledge. I was listening to, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, it was a, uh, it was a, a, a man who was, he was an abortion doctor. Um, this is back in the late 70s. And he was talking about, he did this video, uh, I think it was in the late 70s, it was called The Silent Scream. And um, he was talking about when he was trained in, I think it was in the, the 60s or maybe even, no, it was before that. It was in the, the 30s or the 40s, I think, because he was quite old. He was a bit older at that point. But when he was trained, he said, we didn't have all of the, the, the things that we have today. And so when we were taught, we were, we were taught it was just a matter of faith to think that a baby in the womb was, was just was a baby. That it, was, that it was human, that it wasn't, uh, you know, that it was anything. But then he said once, once they got, you know, ultrasound and technology advanced, they were able to, to actually see, and they were able to see the different developments of a baby on the inside, and now they knew certain things. They could see reactions, they could see uh, movement, they should, could see facial expressions, even at a very young place in, in, in an early trimester, you know, early first trimester, early weeks of, of pregnancy, amen? And so he said that changed the way he thought because now he sees something. You know, that's the way that it is. Sometimes when we, we, we get knowledge and we get a little bit and then, okay, so we're, we build based on that. But as we grow, as we learn, um, and, and as things uh, progress, we can learn more about those things. And the same thing is true with the word of God, amen? And so none of us have arrived yet and we don't need to have arrived, but God needs us to mix faith with what we hear. That's the important aspect. Faith is not something that you can necessarily prove. Faith is not something that you can, that you can prove. Let me say this. Faith isn't something you can prove to someone else. You're not going to necessarily prove faith to someone else. The word of God can be proven. Jesus being here can be proven as much as anything from history can be proven. More so. Um, you know, a lot of these things can be proven. Um, but faith isn't something that you've proven. Faith is something that we have to mix in. It's something that we have to add into it. And faith comes from uh, assurance, and assurance is built generally over time. But uh, typically, the faith of God starts on the inside of us. There's something. There's something there. Maybe you don't even know what it is. You know, I've heard people who have been called to this church, glory to God, that there is something that they knew they had to be here. There was something in them that they knew they had to be here. Not everybody was like that, but there's many people like that. You know, that, uh, for, sometimes they knew for a long time and they just weren't listening. What is that? That was, that was the faith that was needed to be mixed with the action. Yeah, yeah. And see, once they mix that faith with the action, then they get the fruit of what that thing is. So often the reason we're not seeing the fruit is we're like, yeah, pastor, I get, I'm in trial. You've given me the scripture before. You're giving me the scripture again. But I'm still dealing with this. See, you're not mixing the faith. You're not mixing the faith to stand on it and saying this is the truth. Glory to God. And when, perhaps we'll get into more of that. Amen. Not being mixed with faith. A certain, a certain scholar said it like this. The word was not profitable to them because the hearers had not by their faith let it find its way into their minds and then make it their own. So they, they, they didn't take the promise and make it their own. 
They didn't allow it in. They, 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 they came up with ways of justifying why it couldn't be true or why it shouldn't be true or why it's not what they see or whatever it is. They were coming up with all kinds of excuses, but they were keeping it out. And see, what my point is, is this, is we, if we've all sat through school, which most of us have, or some of us are currently in school, uh, glory to God, when you sat through school, you didn't sit there uh, and everything that the teacher said, you just said, that's not true. That's not true. What if you went to math class and you just said, that's not true. That's not true. There's no truth to that. You wouldn't even hear it. You just, but see, so many times people do that with the word of God. That they, You have to get to a place where you, when you know that God has placed you somewhere, you have to get to a place where you start feeding off the word that's being preached and understanding that it's from God because this is the way that he does things. I, I mean, at some point you have to get there, right? And sometimes a lot of us will hold off because maybe we've been hurt somewhere else or we've seen Christians do bad things, but that's a really si silly thing. I've had good teachers. I've had bad teachers. Good teachers uh, always encourage you to learn. Bad teachers sometimes made you not want to learn. But we, I, I've known this. I had a really bad history teacher in high school. Really bad. This guy, I'm, I mean, he, he was just like one minute he was fine, and the next minute he'd be yelling at you for no reason. It was crazy. But this guy... Uh, this, this teacher didn't, didn't encourage me to learn history a lot. And so I, I kind of like didn't want anything to do with history. But the interesting thing is, if you ask my wife, my kids, the one thing they know is I love history. Yeah. It's amazing to me, like so much so that if I had the right teacher, I probably could have even been a history teacher. That's how much I enjoy it. Yeah. But see, the thing is, and that's what I dig into now. Those are the things that stir me. Amen. But see, it would be foolishness for me to spend the rest of my life blocking out history and not getting into the joys that I find in those things simply because I had one teacher that was bad or simply because I had a bunch of teachers that were bad. Or maybe I was just not able to hear it. Maybe it wasn't this bad, that it was a bad teacher at all. The point that I'm trying to make is don't make past experience the reason that you won't connect to God. Don't keep, don't keep away from this wonderful thing we call God. He'll prove himself out. But don't keep yourself from God because of some kind of past experience. Let's start mixing faith and let it become profitable to us. In other words, what you could say about these people here is that they were not renewed or transformed by the renewing of their minds. The renewing of their minds. It's got to be made new. Renew means to be made new. Amen? It means to be made fresh. Again, this isn't to throw out everything you have knowledgeable or of knowledge and just say, oh, now I got to be a dummy and start over the basics again. That's not what I'm saying. But we need to understand that our, our, our mind, the way we think about God, especially when we come to the Bible, the way we think about God usually is wrong. Unless it's based in the Word of God because we've had it put into us, unless our minds have already been renewed. But if your mind has not been renewed to the things of God, then, you, then, then you're probably thinking somewhat wrong about God. And this is what I've learned as a pastor. I've seen this in people, even people sometimes that are taught, have been taught for years. I've seen people that just never get past that man thinking. They've never really allowed their minds to be renewed. Now, I am not saying because Pastor Jeff said so, you got to listen to it. I'm saying because we got to look at the word. we got to look into the word. What does the word say? Let's break it apart. Let's get on, out of the word what it means, what it says. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. So this is why we aren't seeing more fruit in our lives. Because we aren't, uh, we, we aren't allowing the fruit to become in our lives. We're not allowing the word to saturate us. Now going on to verse 3 here. Look what it says. It says, for we who, who have believed, 
It says, have believed. Amen. I don't know because I can't, I, I don't know if I looked it up earlier this week or not, but I, I'm pretty sure that's the same word have that when Jesus said have faith in God. Yeah. Amen? You could probably verify it for me. Just tell me what the word is. I can tell you. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Those who have believed enter that rest. So if you're not entering the rest of God, then you haven't believed. Yeah. That's all there is to it. Yeah. So what do you need then in order to believe? You need to hear the word on believing of the rest and you need to enter into it. Is that the word echo? It doesn't allow you to look? Oh, okay. Oh, praise the Lord. But uh, at any rate, uh, we ha those who have believed, they've already done so. Um, the, of course, the word believed, we see that uh, with the, the past tense. Enter in the rest, just as he had said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. This is so incredibly important. What God is going to do, anything that God is going to do, anything that God has promised, has already, is in God's mind, is already done. It was finished before the world even started. Before your trial even had a name, before it even had a place, before it was even a thing. Before you existed, before your ancestors existed. Before Adam and Eve existed, glory to God. Before the mountains were formed, glory to God. Before the seas were laid, before everything was set up and working just right. Back then, uh, it, from the foundation of the world, that's when all of this was already settled in God's mind. God had taken care of, he had saw your rest way back then. And what the Bible is, is the Bible is an account of God trying to lead his people constantly and continually into that rest. That's what it is. The rest is in Jesus Christ. The rest is where we can, okay, well, we got Jesus. Now we know that that's good. We know that we're good. We know that we can, we, we, we can that's a good place where we can uh, relax. Amen? Praise the Lord. What will you do with it? The problem is not that we haven't heard. The problem is that we haven't seen. The problem is that we bring excuses. The problem is that we haven't brought our faith. This was the same issue that the Jews, the Israelites, as they came out of Egypt and went to the promised land, God miraculously brought them out. He brought them to the promised land. And the very reason they didn't enter is the very reason we won't enter today. The very reason that we, 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 we won't trust. I just won't do it. I just can't do it. I just, I just can't let go of, of me. That's exactly what they did. They saw the giants in the land. They saw the impossibility of the situation. They saw what they couldn't do. And brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you, it pressed on them just as much as your trials press on you. It pressed back against them. There was, there, there, there was everything about their situation told them it was an impossibility. And each and every time, God led by impossibility. Sooner or later, we have to look at the God who leads, things, leads by impossibility and say, hey, we probably need to follow him. People are getting somewhere. Some people are. I tell you all the time, and of course this is just a man saying it, just somebody, but I am a sign and a wonder. The fact that I can stand before you and preach a message, to give a dissertation, to do anything for more than even a few seconds is an absolute sign and wonder. 
You know, I, I talk to people all the time and people say, I could never do what you do. I never I could never preach in speaking. I could never speak in front of people. You don't understand. I was the foolish one who would never speak in front of people. That's who I was. But God uses me to speak in front of people because of that. See, he doesn't care whether or not I'm able. He's never asked you to be able. He's never asked you for your ability. In fact, God looks at your ability and says, it doesn't matter to me because my ability is much greater. I'm not going to try in your ability. I'm not going to accomplish through your ability. I'm going to accomplish through your faith. I'm going to accomplish through your trust. You know how you overcome when you look at the thing that needs to be overcome and say, I can't do this. That's right. And I feel sad a little bit for a second because I know I can't do it. But I am now excited because I know that my God can and will. Not just that he can, but he will. See, that's what assurance is. That's what faith is. And Christians, if we're going to be Christians, if we're going to do this thing, some of us have been Christians for dozens or even decades, dozens of years or even decades, right? I've been a Christian for decades. And I spent most of that time not living in faith. There are many Christians that don't live in faith. Faith is absolute assurance in God. It does not matter what happens or what it looks like. It doesn't matter. It all falls apart. Yeah, I'm, reading these, I'm reading these accounts right now. I'm reading a wonderful book, and soon this book will be on our bookshelf because I'm hoping other people will read it too. But it's giving examples of these great men and women of faith who did these amazing things. And the first two I read about did the, the most spectacular things had healings they started missions they had orphanages they did all of this and you know what they never had they never had enough they never had enough money what I mean is is every time they needed something they needed more money but they trusted God and he always showed up on time with the money they always needed uh, overcoming and they trusted God and they always overcame some of them lost, uh, lost children. One of, one of them lost uh, four of his children young and his wife young. That doesn't sound much like faith, does it? But he stood in faith and stood in faith and stood in faith and God used him to do amazing things. There are oppositions in life and we got to stop being so consumed with the opposition. What doesn't happen or what we think needs to happen, what we need to do is focus on God. And when we learn to focus on God, he is the one who brings us to overcoming. We have to understand that this is not our final destination and we have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with the fact that this earth is not your final destination. And so if you are living consumed and mostly geared towards this earth, you're going to be pretty sad here in a little short while. Because no matter how long you live, even if you're a baby, and let's say you got 100 years ahead of you as a baby, that'd be pretty good, right? Most people agree if you lived to 101, you'd be doing good. Amen. Even if you live that long, it's, it's a vapor of time. Has anyone noticed? I mean, we are in May already. We, didn't we just start with the coronavirus stuff like yesterday? I mean, I mean that's always already been almost three years ago. Or it's been three years ago, right? Or working, something like that. I don't know, two years. Two years anyways, that's still a long time. But you know, you, you know, it's like we've gone through, look, think about what we've gone through over the past. And, the, and this is the thing, and this is a great example. We, we have these, these things that affect everything in the world. Everything that's going on today has been affected and uprooted and tore up, and everybody is running around scared, even Christians. And it's absolute foolishness. Yeah. It's foolishness. Why? Because all this stuff happens anyways. You know, all this stuff happened before. It, you know what happens? There's cycles of things, and things happen, and they happen again, and they happen again. Just because they haven't happened in our generation doesn't mean they haven't happened. But our focus so much and so full of these things keep us away from the one who is eternal. 
And that's where we fail. That's where we miss it. We don't miss it because, oh, I just wasn't a good Christian today. I just didn't do enough. I just didn't do enough of this. And see, that's the way a lot of people look at it. They judge themselves and they say, well, I, I, I should have I gave money in that place where I didn't. Or I should have helped that person and I didn't. That's, God isn't judging all that. That's not what God is weighing. Good, a good Christian is one who trusts in the Lord. A good Christian is one who puts their faith in him and says, you're, you're God. You're the God of my life. That's what it means to be saved. But I really truly question whether or not even us saved people have truly looked at God and said, be Lord of my life. We've said it. Oh, sure, we've said it. But did we really mean it? Did we really mean, Lord, you can take anything? Like, you know what? I, I think, man, all of a sudden I start getting a lot of unction. I start getting a lot of understanding. Well, I'm like, oh, this is where people are missing it. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, oh, yes, yeah, I've, I've been doing pretty good here. But I see where the people are missing it. And then all of a sudden I keep meditating on the word and keep going to God and staying before him. And you know what he shows me? That's where I'm missing it, too. And I thought, wait, no, I was good in that area. I had that covered. Man, I, I, I mean, I was covered in that area. I was all set. I knew it. I'm the one who's preaching this stuff, Lord. Don't you know that? I'm the one. I did this. I said, but you could have done more. And the point is, is that not to get me in bondage, but to get me to always see with God is always more. God is always taking us higher. He's always taking us into something more. See, some people say, well, I, I've done this much. I've done enough. You haven't done enough. Did Jesus do enough when he, when, when he just came here and healed a few lepers? Not leopards. Amen. Couldn't have healed the leopards, otherwise we wouldn't have leopard print, and we know how important that is. Amen. Because if you heal the lepers, you won't. Well, praise the Lord. But, it, you know, uh, uh, he, if, if he had opened the eyes, and maybe, let's even say he raised a few dead people. Did pretty awesome, but was that enough? Wasn't enough. You know when he said it was done? After it was all done. He didn't say it was done when, all the, when, when he did a bunch of good stuff. See, it, it was the thing, and our faith in him is what connects us to him. It connects us to what he's doing. Amen. A lot of people, even you might be sitting there, to, I, I, I've sat in church and I thought, well, what if I don't really believe? And you know what? This is what I heard my spirit answer that question. Where are you sitting? You're sitting somewhere, right? How'd you get there? Maybe you don't even know how you get there. Maybe if you try to rationalize it in your head, you might not even fully get it. But you're there. You see, somehow there's something in you that got you thinking about God. Or you wouldn't have put up with this much of the service. I know it. Glory to God. But there's something that brought you. There's something to believe in. There's something to trust. There's something to grab hold of. See, believing is literally letting go of you and grabbing on to something else. That's what faith is. It's letting go of what you know in the sense that, like, I, okay, I know I can do this much. Again, God isn't impressed. You know, God looks at the greatest, the, the greatest ability in the world. We look at, you know, so often we look at people who are ta really talented and we think, oh, man, that's so awesome. We want to follow them. We want to watch them. And, they, and, you know, and you see people that get all wrapped up in that, get famous, and they get all puffed up in themselves and how great they are and how wonderful they are. But the thing is, is God gave them all that talent. That's nothing. God doesn't care about that. Like some people think, well, you, you know, because I can speak well, I should be used. Now, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about others. They think, well, I, should, I speak well, so I should be used. Why? Why does that matter to God? He made a donkey talk. He can make the rock speak out if he needs to. He doesn't need you to talk. He just needs you to be willing when you're called. He needs you to have faith and trust in him. You know, a lot of people, they think about, you know, maybe you think that you're called. Maybe you have that on the inside of you. There's a calling of something on the inside of you. And you think there's great. I'm going to help you with something right now. Let God bring it out. He'll bring it out in the right time. You're faithful to follow him. He'll bring it out. Yeah. 
That's all I know. God is not unfaithful. He is faithful. He's thoroughly faithful. Well, I don't know about that. Well, see, you're not in faith then. And you'll never get there. See, because that's the, the other side of the truth is that if you stay out of faith, you can't get, you can't access what God has for you. It's through faith that we get in. That faith is the trusting, it's the assurance in God. How do we know this is true? Because he did it with the first Jews, then he did it with the second set of Jews, and now he's saying it go goes for you too, amen? Praise God. Turn with me to uh, Matthew, or Mark, sorry, Mark 9. Praise the Lord. Do we mix it with faith? Thoroughly mixed with faith. Well, I mixed a little bit of faith. Well, think about that brownie again. You want the brownie thoroughly mixed, don't you? Well, God wants your faith thoroughly mixed. He doesn't want it partially mixed. He doesn't want it being crumbly in some areas. He wants to be fir firmly set. Now, God doesn't like the edge brownies. He only likes the internal brownies. <laughs> What's that? You like the edge brownies. Yeah, well, well, there you go. You guys can form a club now. Yeah. You know what? The, yeah, the, the, the club is called We Don't Know Nothing About Brownies Club. The edge brownies. Who likes the edge brownie? You got to get the middle brownie. The middle, okay, Mark... Mark 9.22. Now I'm thinking about brownies. Anyone make brownies today? Please tell me yes. We can't even have brownies on Mother's Day. What kind of church is this? You can't have brownies on Mother's Day. You give them flowers. You should be giving them. I want, we better, yeah, Father's Day. We'll have brownies on Father's Day. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mark 9.22. Of course, this was when Jesus had brought, uh, or this, this man had brought his uh, child to, Jesus, or to the disciples. They couldn't cast the demon out. And then, uh, so he comes to Jesus. And it says here, it has often thrown him, and, you know, the guy's explaining it to the Lord. He says, it has often thrown him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible to him who believes. <clears throat> Immediately the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe. Help my unbelief. The door to possible is opened when we trust in God. Trust in God is manifested when you allow the word in you. See, when we hear the word, the way we're supposed to respond is, regardless of how I thought before, this is my new truth. This is what my truth is, regardless of what I thought. See, this is why the man saw his child set free. He saw his child set free because in this instance, he, you know, they, 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 this was an attack, and they, 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 the, he brought him to Jesus, and Jesus said, if you can believe, or if I can do anything, he was, he was questioning him. He's like, it's not a matter of if I can. He was correcting his thinking. And then the father said, but you, you know, the father still wasn't fully in belief. And this is what I love here is that it's not that you uh, uh, necessarily fully feel like, oh, I'm, I'm face man for the hour, a woman for the hour, that, that I got this, that I got it all figured out, that I finally full belief. It's, it, it's saying yes to God. Yeah. It's saying even though that there's fear on the inside of me, the truth is yes. The truth is set free. The truth is overcoming. The truth is the answer that I'm seeking. Amen? See, when you come to God with the knowledge of what God will do, but see, a lot of Christians don't even know what God will do. 
I hear Christians say goofy things all the time, and I'm just telling you, as a pastor, sometimes it's a little disheartening because you're like, dear Jesus, I preached about this, but you're saying some goofy things about the Lord that just don't make sense. And I'm talking about old religious things, old religious ideas and dogmas and different things that people think because, well, this is what we were taught all our lives. It doesn't matter what you were taught all your life. Listen, I, like, get over that. Get over what you were taught all your life. Were you saying you know more? I'm not saying I know more. I'm saying I'm preaching the word and the word knows more. Praise the Lord. If the word says something and you say something that's not in line with the word, I don't care if you learned it for 10,000 years. It doesn't make it truth. The truth is the truth, and that's all that it is. The word of God is the truth. Amen. And it's not interpretations of truth. We have to have understanding of truth. What I mean by interpretations is, is we have to understand, we have to desire to get understanding of the truth. Now again, some of you may have time to study things out. And praise the Lord if you do. And maybe you'll challenge me at times and say, well, you know what? I've really been studying this out, Pastor, and I, I just kind of think that it, you, you might be missing something. There, there might be that in there. But, you know, there's a lot of people that just they hear somebody preach something else and they, don't, they like that better, so they're just going to run with that and say, well, that's, that's the truth now. That's not what the truth is. The truth is the truth, period. It doesn't matter what someone's revelation is on it. It doesn't matter what you think about it. The truth is the truth is the truth is the truth. Amen. Every non-believer has a choice when truth is presented to them. When I say non-believer, I mean anybody who's not believing. Even a Christian who's not believing in the truth. They have a choice when the truth is presented to them. I have watched people, do, I have watched people come up to the Lord get up to the place where they come to God, there's the door they can enter, but they have to enter by faith. And I've watched them back away yeah. and nothing that I can do. I've watched believers come up to the door and step partway through the door and maybe stay there for a long time, in and out, in and out, back and forth, back and forth. But that's where they stay. They never go fully in. And that's why they never fully see God. See, the testing of our faith, now we do know that there's different reasons why tests and trials come. There's, there's just personal attacks sometimes that the devil brings. And then there's sometimes there's tests because, uh, because we've done something, or trials because we've done something bad. You know, and there's different answers for the different types of trials. And then there's also the tests where, um, where what, what did I say the first one was? Does anyone remember? The first one was, well, there's one where, we, where we're, we're tried, where, where we've done something wrong. There's one where it's because we've, uh, be, be, what's that? Yeah, not, well, I said something, but I can't remember what it was. That's okay. But then there's also the test of when we, when, when, when uh, um, praise the Lord, when there's just something coming to try our faith, to see where we're at. To test to see where our faith is at. Do you know that there's some tests the, oh, I said opposition. So there's opposition from outward circumstances. There's opposition from inward circumstances. In other words, somewhere where you didn't listen to the word and something happened. So there's the outward, there's the inward, and then there's the tests that come to try our faith to see what's really there. And those tests that come to try our faith, sometimes those come and they look a lot like the other ones. So how do we know the difference? It's up to you to know. It's up to you to know. How do you know that? Will you be sober with yourself? See, a lot of Christians, the, the sobriety with themselves, I would guarantee you that probably m the majority of our trials are self-inflicted, not outwardly. That's not a devil. I hear people all the time, well, the devil this, the devil that, the devil ain't doing nothing. You're doing it. Yeah. I mean, I could be that rude, and maybe sometimes I need to be, but, you know, I just don't want people, because I'm hoping that people stay around a little bit so I can get them to understand that. What do I mean? Well, if you're doing a bunch of things that the Bible says not to do, and there's a bunch of trial in your life, you're not praying that away. 
I'm not praying that away. It's not fixing it. You got to mix the word with the truth. Otherwise, you end up dying just like the others do. This is the way it is. Trial doesn't end just because someone prays. You cannot pray a trial of stupidity away. You can't do it. Listen, I'm not, I don't know how to say it nicer. You can't pray a trial of stupidity away. You can't do it. You have to change the stupid thing you're doing. If, I, if you were standing with me and we were around a campfire and I put my hand into the fire and pulled it out screaming and said, ouch, that burns. And you look at me and you said, well, well duh. You just stuck your hand in the fire. But I put it back in there and I said, ouch, that burns. Eventually you're going to be like, I'm not even staying at this campfire anymore. This, guy's, this guy is loco. Loco in la cabeza. Hallelujah. This guy is nuts. He's out of there, right? Why? Because it's foolishness to do that. Do you know how many Christians I have watched continually put their hands in the fire, continually put their hands in the fire, and I tell them, listen, you shouldn't do that because that burns. And do you know what they do to me? They start justifying why they're doing it. Well, okay, have the fire then. Have the burns. I don't know what you want me to do. I mean, I have had people come with me, trials, and that's exactly what they're doing. They're jumping full-fledged full into the fire, and I can't change it. I can't change what you're doing. Listen, good advice is good advice. doesn't matter if you want to listen to it or not. And we have to learn. We have to get to a place where we learn what good advice is. Amen? Praise the Lord. But then there's the trials that come to test our faith. There's a trials outwardly where they're just an attack on our faith, which, which if we have a relationship with the Lord, we can learn pretty quickly. And if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, well, come to church and talk with your pastor. Maybe he can help you or she can help you figure it out. Amen. But that's part of what we do is, is kind of sort those things out. And then there's, there's certain things that you can do with that. You can use your authority over attacks where the devil is just attacking you because he wants to attack you. You can use your authority and stand on it. It's not some goofy thing like you got to be, ooh, you got to get all spiritual. And no, you just like you just deal with it, and that's all there is to it. And then there's the attacks that come to test our faith, and these are an interesting kind because a lot of times people are rebuking attacks that have come to test their faith instead of mixing their faith with it. See, see, an attack that comes to test your faith isn't again. I've said this recently. Isn't for God to see where your faith is. It's for you to see where your faith is. See, how do you stand? What happens when the attack comes? And really, attack that tests your faith, you can see that in any kind of attack. You can see where your faith is at just by looking at it. How am I doing? Well, if I'm, if I'm about ready to quit, then I guess I ain't doing so good. We've never been, uh, uh, we've never been uh, told that we're... Now listen, if you feel like it, there's a difference between feel like it and acting like it. Like you can feel like it, but not act like it. You know what I'm saying? Amen. And so that's a good indicator. You know, we think we want more. We think we want greater. We think, oh God, I can handle this or I can handle, handle that. Well, what do you do with the little that you got? Right. If you're not doing well with the little that you got, then God isn't going to bring you into much. And a lot of times, sometimes the attacks on our faith will come to show us, listen to what I'm about to tell you. Sometimes the attacks on our faith will come to show us that we're not ready. And when we see that we're not ready, that's a good indicator that say, oh, I'm not ready yet. Yeah. Got to put the thing back in the oven for a little bit longer yeah. until the fork comes out clean. Yeah. You know, if you were a brownie, somebody jabbing a fork into you doesn't feel good, does it? Right? You hear all the, the, the brownies screaming, people checking them with forks. Amen? But it's the same thing. You know, it doesn't feel good when sometimes when you test, but sometimes we just need to know. We need to know where our faith is at. 
We need to know where, we, where we're at in, 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 in trusting God. And really, the answer to it is quite, it's quite simple. Get to the place where you just trust God. What do I need to work on to trust God? You know, uh, a lot of times we give people scriptures like we, a, a lot of times when you've gone through trial, many of you have gotten them from us. Uh, Philippians 4, verses 6 going on through verse 9, I think, um, is, is usually the scriptures we give. Why do we give these scriptures? Because these scriptures are, an indi- are, are a help to get out of every trial. Rejoice in the Lord. Wait patiently on him. Glory to God. This is what we do. We, 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 we do so with thanksgiving. But see, you don't hear that coming out of somebody who's in trial. They talk about how big the devil is. I mean, I, I could give you, I mean, if I had a dollar for every time somebody told me how big the devil is or how much he's attacking or how effective he's being, if I had a dollar for every time I would pay off this church building, probably Corey one too. Just telling you the truth. Why? We, we know the devil, like, performs. We know he seems big. I'm not making light of the trial. The trial seems big, but you've got a bigger God. And it's time that you trust in that. A lot of times you don't see him come through because you haven't fully trusted in that yet. And you say, well, 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 that doesn't seem like very fair of God, does it? It seems kind of mean-spirited of God. Where'd the time go? Marie took it. I saw her back there. She's stealing the time. Amen. Glory to God. But, uh, we're, we're, uh, you know, uh, what was I saying before I went on that? Well, well, one at a time, please. I can. Man, I need need some deliverance up here. Somebody. Oh, they're talking about how big the devil is, how big the trial is. God's big. God's big. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, listen, I I know it doesn't feel good. I went through one. When was the one I went through? Was yesterday? Oh yeah, was way back yesterday. I was going through a trial of faith. I'm just something, one thing, right? Going through a trial of faith. Glory to God. And you know what? The trial of faith is, is I don't know how this thing is going to happen. I can pray for it, but I can't even pray for it with complete, the complete feeling of, whoo, this is going to happen. But you know what I did? I prayed for it. Because Jesus said to have faith in God. And so that's why I said, uh, you know what the Lord showed me yesterday? He showed me, go back to Mark eleven twenty two. 22, every time you can't. Every time you don't think that you can do it. Every time you don't think you have enough faith to do it. Listen, if you came to me today and said, Pastor Jeff, I want you to pray over me. I got this sickness or that sickness. I would say this, I probably don't have enough faith. I can tell you right now, I don't have enough faith in myself to get you healed. I don't do it. I don't have it. So don't rely on me. But if you can come and have me pray over you, I can say, you know what, we can go to God together and have faith in Jesus. Yeah. Have faith in God, we'll pray together for it. Now, if God reveals something in the meantime, you know, that'll help us. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Every non-believer has a choice when the truth is presented to them. Are you a non-believer or are you a believer? Right. If you call yourself a believer, you have a choice every time the truth is presented to you. What are you going to do with it? I'm going to walk in faith. I'm just, like, I'm just, I'm not going to leave room for he's not. Like, listen, my feelings all tell me he won't come through. My feelings all tell me it's not going to get any better. It's not going to change. That's what my feelings. Currently, right now, on certain things, I have that feeling residing in me. God just allowed me to become very aware of it within myself. But that's okay. I don't need to. Because he's the one that brings it to pass. God's the one that brings it to me. It's not me that brings it out of him. It's me connecting to the fact that he will. So where is your trust? Is your trust in you? 
Who, what am I going to say? Well, I'm going to say that God's going to do it. You know what? God's going to do it. I just said it. You all witnessed me do it. You know what? I don't feel any different right now than I did two seconds ago. Not one bit different, but I know that God will. How do I know? Because the Bible says so. That's where my faith is. Where's your faith? Where's your faith? Where's your faith? Put it in God or put it elsewhere, but you will eat the fruit of it wherever it is. Amen?